From Breaking Bad to Calling Saul, agents led by Son of Call. Oh, Game of Thrones, who's the next to die? House of Cards is full of lies. Supergirl just flew on by. We're chillin', watching Netflix. How much time's gone by? We're talking TV. From suits to supernatural. Talking TV. Blacklist and the Rebels. Sherlock's Big Bang with Orphan Black. True Detective bombed at second crack. The Walking Dead. Arrow and the Flash. Get into Geek, another week of Marvel TV with Mitch and Maddie. What's doing, buddy? What up? You know what? I'm back in the mood of asking you how you are. And we've obviously I've let you into the building, into this room. We've come in here and pressed record. We've spoken since it's just a weird habit. You're behind a microphone, you feel you need to ask the other person how they're doing. I'm good, mate. How are you? How was your doctor's appointment the other day? How did that go? I'm okay. Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, you know, it's okay. Mate, you're when father of three, it's like there's, there's always a doctor's appointment somewhere. You know? <laughs> like, but anyway, let's uh, let's talk some Marvel TV as uh, we do each and every week here. We're going to talk about uh, X-Men's The Gifted as well, but that'll come uh, second. First up, though, some Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, episode 14, The Devil Complex, um, which, you know, I, I go into watch Maddie and I'm like, what's this going to be about? And then obviously... It becomes pretty obvious pretty quick. Uh, it's about Fitz and Leopold, the evil version of him from uh, the the framework, who I did actually like. When we are in the framework, I like Fitz as a villain because you, you listen to him talk. He's so softly spoken. He's such a nice guy. He's always stuttering around because he's either nervous or uh, he, his brain's moving that quick that he doesn't seem like this physical threat he's a he's a genius but he's not there to be a physical threat yet as leopold in the framework i really bought him as this villain i thought that he it was a nice it. point of difference yeah. to everyone else yeah you he's know? like just like a pure psychopath like just the way that he spoke very mm. patiently and very slowly and very softly but he was evil so i like that i like that we get to see that version of him again but it just really reinforces my feeling that i just don't by this whole fear dimension thing to the point that it's not just the form of their fear. That would be one thing. If May's form is Lash, who is he still getting around or not, whatever happened, um, or, or even um, Deathlock, not so much being Coulson's fear, but voicing his fears to him. So that wasn't really Deathlock. That didn't have this great personality of Deathlock. Whereas Leopold is the exact version of of that character from the framework. So these fear, like entities or, or whatever that comes from this fear dimension or the multi-dimensions that create the fear, whatever, they are able to what immediately have taken over each of the agents' minds and completely understood what their fears are as far as personalities go, motives go, ticks, you know, the way they dress. Like Leopold is dressed in this, he's exactly who he was in the framework. And I'm mm. like, it just seems like a little bit Again, in a, in a show, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all the shit that we've seen in this show, it just seems like a step too far in context of what this is. This well, fear well, A, didn't we close the fear dimension last week? Wasn't that the whole point of the episode? Or it's like we've closed it a little bit, but not all the way. And then we got the Gravitonium from... Is that what... Is it, yeah, Gravitonium? Yeah, from the Principia. Yep. So that was two episodes ago that we closed the fear dimension. Mm. Uh, in the 100th episode, remember? That was the 100th episode. Was... Um, the, they had to close all that. And yeah. then, yeah, last week was the Principia where we went to the ship and got the Gravitonium and stuff. So it's like, 
why is this still a thing? Like, yep. I don't, I don't get it. And who's got a lame-ass fear of a zombie astronaut? Like, what the hell? Yeah, that was... Was it Gemma? Was it Gemma? Was it the bloke from that she fell in love with when she lived on an alien planet when she got... The, 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 that monolith took her at the end of season two to the other planet and she fell in love with that guy. That Maybe. Got, Maybe they couldn't get the actor. Ago. Maybe it was going to be a zombie version of him and they couldn't, so they just put him in a... Weird astronaut. An astronaut. Suit, like right. an old, like, 1940... Yeah. I can't say 1940s. We were in space then. But the 1960s yeah. um, astronaut costume... Um, because they couldn't get the, I don't know. I wasn't, mm. I was, to me, this is the classic Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. thing where it's that mid-season fatigue. Yeah. It's the whole first half of the season I really enjoyed. I mean, still to this day, I think episode was a four or five of this season rewind. Yeah. Some of the <laughs> best work they have ever yeah. done, ever done. And they always hit the ground running with the new season. The new season is always... I kind of was over shield in about season three. I'd kind of like, oh, this is getting a bit too CW. I'm not, you know, and I'm not there for it. Then Ghost Rider rocks up beginning of uh, season four. And I'm like, I didn't think I'd like this, but I love it. I love Robbie. It's, it's all working for me. And then again, it kind of tapered off in sort of just after the mid season break. It's kind of feels like a lot of filler. So I'm feeling like episode 14, we're getting to that again, where it's, they're just stretching. Mm. I feel like this fear dimension isn't going to be the big bad because unless it's the thing that cracks the world apart. No, but you're right. That's the thing. It doesn't feel like it's it's the the big bad or the 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 big obstacle that they have to overcome. It just feels like it's it's filler at this stage, but yeah. they're emphasizing the filler. Right. If it's a one episode standalone filler, I'm fine with that because I grew up on that. I grew up on Buffy and Star Trek and all those kind of shows that are one episode things, one and done. You tell your narrative start to finish and you sort it and it's done. And you've, you know, you've learned your, your, you know, moral lesson for the week and away you go. But I just feel like this whole, I didn't buy the fear dimension in the first place. No. And now to try and stretch it out after it not being an issue last week to come back, I'm like, this it stinks of filler. And what I've done, I've got this here for you. <laughs> I've got, as I'm watching the episode, I'm theorizing what the whole thing with the doctor is. Because obviously it's, oh, he's just an apparition. Mm. And then at the end of the episode, we find out it's not. So what I've done is, what I've got here is my like incoherent ramblings that I've typed in as I'm going through the episode. Excellent. So here's, here's, this is my <laughs> thought process from start to finish yep. in little chunks. Big capitals. Just shoot the doctor. He's no different to the zombie astronaut. No. Correct. Turns out it's different. <laughs> Don't give him time to repair real LMDs, yep. obviously. Wait, he's inside fits. That's possibly cool or completely ridiculous. <laughs> is he just insane or is this a new level anomaly? Uh, he's been hearing the doctor this whole time. More capitals. Yeah. This whole time off that's stupid yeah <laughs> um and then i've got may was in the hydra may was hydra in the framework as well she's she was doing just as evil things as yep. the doctor was she's fine she's mm. not having apparitions of her bad framework self um and then my last thought of this whole paragraph is marrying Fitzsimmons only to make fitz the bad guy just seems odd yeah it yeah. just seems forced and i just I don't know. I feel like it's too late. If this was the start of season five and Fitz was still reeling from his time in the framework, I buy it.
But if you think about our fits, he did all that stuff in the past, broke in, did all that stuff with Lance, slept in a f***ing cryo tube for <laughs> 70 years, 70 years <laughs> then saved the f***ing world, um, you know, on the crack wet, and now he's travelled back in time. And now yeah. he's going to tell us that he's seeing the doctor? Yeah. It's like if they'd laid it through where there were moments throughout the whole season where Fitz had been like talking to nobody that's there yeah. or saying things that kind of like um, the sixth sense, whereas it's like he's saying something and it's like when you go back and watch it, mm. you think he's saying it to one person, but he's saying yeah. it to another person. Because I can't think of one moment, not even one. It's If you said, oh, this whole time and I could think of one moment, I'd be like, eh, okay, made sense, you know, yeah. four, four episodes ago. I'd be like, okay, yeah, there was that one episode where you did that thing and okay, that makes sense, but you're right. It's in a way, it's like we were talking about uh, Deke the other week that you said they put Deke in this show. They kept Deke in the show because they loved the actor. Mm. They didn't plan from episode one when we met him for him to be the grandson of Fitz and Simmons. Yeah. They never planned on that. They've put that in to give this cast member that they love and wanted to keep right. around a reason to stay there. And this is why, and I'm sorry to say it, Jed will always be the inferior Whedon. Um, <laughs> That's fine because I know how much you loved it. You might not even be saying anything bad against Jed there because you just love Joss, but that's fine. Right. Well, here's here's the thing. It's when they try and do stuff like this, I think the reason I'm so critical about it is because I've seen it done to perfection in terms of Joss doing it. This is back in like 99 in Buffy or something like that, right? At the end of season three, Buffy stabs one of her best friends slash best enemies, who's also a slayer, who goes into a coma. Uh, Buffy has a prophetic dream where they both share the same dream where uh, this person that she stabbed is like making the bed. And she's like, oh, um, we're making it for Little Miss Muffet. Countdown 730 or whatever it is. And it's like, you're like, oh, that's some weird dream, dream gibberish. 730, which is basically 730 days, which is two years. Yeah. Two years later, these demons create and alter his alter the timeline in history and give Buffy a little sister. Right. Who, who is Little Miss Muffet, yeah. who arrived two years later, the countdown from 730. So it's like Joss is planning things two and three seasons ahead yeah. of what he's going to do. Oh, and mate, that's just... blows your mind when you go back. You must have felt back. that way about Lost and J.J. Abrams. Oh, yeah. If I'd seen past the first season, I might have. Um, but so it's like, so when they try and do stuff like this and they can't even plan like 10 episodes ahead, mm. I'm like, and I know it's it's unfair to compare, but it's just like, well, when I've seen something done at such a high level like that, I can't help but go, oh, it's, it's that whole South Park thing. Simpsons did it. Yeah. Simpsons, it's like, if I've seen it done better elsewhere. I'm going to criticise it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I was just like, oh, when stuff like... It's not like Jed hasn't seen Buffy. I'm sure he's seen it. I'm sure he knows about it. Um, it's like, you know... What if Joss does that? Like, every time there's some, like, bad writing, these, like, sci-fi or fantasy-type shows that Jed's behind, he's like, have you seen Buffy? That's <laughs> just his go-to. Here's a box set for your birthday. Just sit and watch that. Yeah, um, I mean, did did certainly in this episode, did they did they need that at the end for him to be like, I've been hearing him this whole time? Like, yeah. if, you know. It's a bit, it's a bit CW. It's a bit. <laughs> yeah, like, do they need to put that in? Because if they don't put that in, we're not having this conversation. It's just like, 
what happened in this episode happened, we don't need to sit there and question the last 15 episodes worth of yeah. story post-framework. Post if, if they just said simply that Fitz's worst fear mm. is the guy he was in the framework. Yeah. So it's only since the fear dimension has opened up, he's been seeing the Doctor and the Doctor's been influencing him like a mm. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of yeah. thing. I totally buy that. Yeah, absolutely. But when he's been hearing him the whole time... Yeah. Nah, 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 nah. I ain't <laughs> and then when I thought it couldn't get any stupider, Yo-Yo pipes up and says, oh, guess what? I can't die because yeah. I was alive in the future. Therefore, I can't die. Yeah. Bitch, you're trying to change the future. Yeah, yeah. Well, is she convinced that she can't though? She's like, no matter what we do, we can. everyone else around her is trying to do that. But it's it's it goes back to, I guess... Any well, any time travel sort of you know situation or where people get premonitions and things and it's like if you try and change things do you know it was a, the more you try and change the more things stay the same and spoiler alert for the Sandra Bullock movie premonition have you ever seen that I have you, you're right okay so we Sandra can, Bullock movie of course of I've course seen you have and and, and uh, I I credit you for that <laughs> anyone out there doesn't want that hasn't seen the movie doesn't want spoiled I don't know how long ago it came out 10, 15 years but anyway that's what that happened in that movie is that she had a premonition of her husband's death she spent the whole movie trying to prevent it and at the end only do you as an audience member realize along with her she has caused it by trying to prevent it preventing it has led them to the exact spot in her premonition where he dies and she causes his death by trying to prevent it so yeah like i i feel like with with yo-yo saying that she's like i can't die and i'm like yeah if you have that mentality though and you just like go out there we're like in front of a 20 blokes with machine guns and you'll be like none of these will get me because i can't die you're probably gonna die like don't put yourself into those sort of situations right act as if you're gonna die but try and change the future at the same time and then since when is mac the scientifically sensible one like he's the guy that still thinks god exists like all the things he's seen and he's still a bible basher yep but he's the one presenting these scientific theories to yo-yo going i think you might be wrong there yeah like, you know, maybe... Oh, God, I just had a thought. Oh, no. Maybe we're in the fear dimension, and that's that's what all these people are we're watching right now. Is our worst our worst fears coming to life? <laughs> is these people making these idiotic, stupid decisions? Your worst fear is watching a Marvel show, and it's set within the DC CW yeah. universe. <laughs> my, my worst fear, a, a Marvel show written like it's DC. Written by Whedon turns out to actually be a CW DC show. <laughs> Oh, Whedon is actually Berlanti. My head is exploding. Jed Whedon is actually just a pen name for Ah. Berlanti. (laughs) Look at you. You're crying. Um, Look, okay, yeah. So uh, other people doing things that are very unlike them, other people doing things that are very like them, like May for me. Just a quick little moment I want to get to before we move on to uh, to Gifted. When... um, the agents come in and they, they're they talking about the car that they... Like, that was actually a really nice little kidnapping moment of Hale. She's driving along with her robot in the car mm. uh, on the highway or back alleyway sort of thing. And all of a sudden, she just drives up the ramp of the invisible um, Zephyr. That was really cool. Um, <laughs> but how her robot is stuck in uh, in the car. And they're like, we tried to move him. We actually can't move him. He's heavy as hell. It's like moving a statue. And she's just like, bang, clicks in the gear. Hasn't seen Creel for God knows how long, how many episodes, how many seasons, and just goes calmly, in, obviously with a gun, calmly into uh, into the room and just yells at the window, get out of the car, Mr. Creel. And I'm like, oh, you are so f***ing badass. You don't even have to like, Mr. Creel, we know it's you, like nervously like questioning whether it's actually him. It's like, yeah. bitch, we know it's you. Get the f*** out of the car. Yeah. And then he just like raises his head. like, yeah, you got me. I don't care that you've got me. Uh, that was just such a really 
cool yeah. moment. May is always MVP. Yeah. Like in a show that's got Daisy with her quake powers and yeah. stuff like that, you still can't you still can't get one over on May. And yeah. I love that. Now last week oh, I know I said that um Gifted had this, you know, very uh not so subtle line at like maybe a dig at the US immigration policy that uh that you know certain people in the in the way that they look at that, uh, namely Trump and <laughs> and people around him and it was the great line from uh, Gifted where they said don't turn your back on desperate people just because one of them might be dangerous. And then right here, it was only a very, very, very uh, subtle, wasn't it? Um, no, not so much, but it was definitely a very small line. But May talking to the um, the Russian gangster who's the LMD guy, another uh. framework throwback, and she's there going, are you here for blah? I can't remember the first half of the line. I didn't bother remembering. She says, or are you just another Russian invading our democracy? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit, you actually went there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a CW non-subtle line, and I love the. Non- <laughs> and I think even you would appreciate the non-subtlety of the CW lines, uh, anti-Trump yeah. stuff. But this, are you another? Not even are you a Russian? Are you another Russian trying to invade our democracy? Now, of course, they're actually having a go at a particular Russian personality, but it's it's in there for the American people as well. Let's be honest. That's so it. I, uh, exactly. yeah, May MVP for this episode. Always, love it. Always and forever. And there was speaking of little tidbits, there was something I heard. Is Hale working with Cree? She, there was the right at the end, and there was two words that jumped out at me that she should know. Confederacy mm. and odium. Now, odium is that black liquid that all the Cree mm, were drinking mm. to turn them into... How would Hale know about those? Well, she, well, she's been talking about... I mean, she obviously... As bad as she is, she's... Again, as all bad people do, she's doing it for the right reasons. But she has mentioned, I think in this episode too, she goes... I am trying to prevent our extinction. Mm. So, I mean, does she does she know what's going to happen? Obviously, from the flashbacks that we saw, or the flash forwards, depending on how we want to look, I can't even remember what we come up with, uh, when they were still in the future, about their post-getting back to 2018 future, the world's still falling apart. We know it's only a couple of years from where we are now, story-wise. So it's not like she's she's knowing something that's going to happen 50 years from now. She's knowing something that's going to happen within the next couple of years. Is she either working with them or knows about mm. it somehow? Yeah, maybe. She, yeah, maybe. Is she working with modern-day Cree yep. to protect blah, blah, blah? But it's like, isn't it convenient that the Cree are the ones that kind of took over the planet after it cracked? Mm. So I was like, are the Cree playing her to yeah. get to this future they want? Because they also want Inhumans. Not only do they want, you know, that's resources... True. Yeah. The Kree are attached to Inhumans. Yeah. So it's like, is she actually being, is she a puppet of some kind of Kree, mm. modern day Kree, mm. not Cassius, obviously? Mm. So that's, interesting. That's the thing. That's the interesting part of this episode, the, 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 the B plot, not the. Right? Well, I mean, the A plot was interesting, it just raised too many questions. Oh, so I can't die. Oh, that's one of the <laughs> Just. Oh, Mac, the... I cannot die. I can't. I can't die. <laughs> All right, let's talk some gifted. You're actually dressed appropriately for it. You've got a wonderful X-Men t-shirt on. As always. I mean, it's probably the only one you've got, I'm sure. Oh, X-Men yeah. T-shirt. I don't have 10 others in my in my wardrobe. Do you have like a certain section that's just like X-Men? How do you... Because I know you're a big... You know, with the way you structure your DVDs and stuff. Do you do yeah. that with like the clothes as well? No, because every t-shirt only is just a black polo t-shirt. Yeah, right. So it's, my entire wardrobe is just black polo t-shirts. And I just flick through to see what what particular... Yeah. You know, pop culture I'm feeling for the day. Episode 9 of Season 1 
Without Fox. Uh, this one actually started off again. Another another flashback, which uh, mm. we've become accustomed to with this show, and. Save for, I think, one in what, episode three or four, was it, when they uh, first introduced Pulse, you know, only to pay off at the end of the episode. Yeah. I've really enjoyed these uh, th- th- these prologues for these episodes. Yeah, there was that great one with uh, Johnny when he was, like, handing out flyers yep. as, like, a return veteran. Mm-hmm. There was the ones with Agent Dickhead who, like... <laughs> Turner and his missus, yeah. Yeah, with the whole actual, their version of, what do they call it? 712? 715. 715. Yep. Um, and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, this one I... I wasn't a huge fan of, mm. just because it was great to see them, you know, living their happy life and all that kind of stuff. But then it's like for their powers to kind of activate together yeah, and then be a whole nother year before Andy realizes he's actually got powers in a yeah. And I was like, really? Yeah, you're sort of retconning what you've told us only six hours worth of storytelling Yeah, ago. like if I held hands with my sister and, and started glowing and weird stuff. I'd remember that. Yeah, and my hair started acting like I was being fanned in a video clip. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably remember that. In yeah. slow motion. Yeah. <laughs> What, yeah. if, what if that happens? Like, I know whenever we see them so far with their powers combined that uh, that they're in slow motion with their hair, I actually want to think that's ha- what happens all the time. Like, if we cut to, to Reed and his missus, you know, at the picnic table looking at their kids and, you know, leaves are dropping, kids are running by at normal speed, that we look at their hair and it's just like slow In slow-mo. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> that'd be just cool. to really pay it. Like, when you see those movies, those spoof movies where they're walking in slow motion and then people walk past them just in normal speed. Like, normal why are they walking in slow motion? I don't know. I thought it would look cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, aside from the contradiction, I think I just like the placement uh, in relation to the story where, you know, last week we really get a tease or a taste of what, these two might be capable of, or at least, you know, the story with the grandfather and all that sort of stuff, what they might be able to do. And then we see it now, you know, it's not like we saw it at the beginning of last episode going, what's that? And then all of a sudden in in present day, Reed gets uh, told by his old man, oh, this is what they're capable of. It's like, well, as an audience, you've already shown me that 20 minutes ago. So I think, but you're right, it does retcon the story a little bit. I think all it needed is, because obviously at that point, Laura knows that, um, she's a mutant because she's known for like two years before the story yeah. starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and she's old enough. It usually happens around puberty and that kind mm. of stuff is when your mutant powers kick in. So she knew. All I wanted is like her, in a way, trying to like bluff Andy, like her thinking that it was all her powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that something was happening, and she kind of like tried to fob it off, and like you know, I don't know how she do that because mm. of the weirdness of it. But I kind of wanted um Laura to like yeah internalize it, um in thinking that. It was all her and mm. not the fact that it was those two combining yeah. is what actually did it. But mm. sort of when they explain it later on, they kind of say how much they kind of they share yeah. so much of it. So for Andy to kind of just fob it off. Then again, I've been a bad brother like that. You know, my <laughs> my sister the other week pulled out stuff that I did like 10 years ago. And I was like, I have no memory of calling you that. No. And it's like, oh, okay, fair enough. All well, right. I'm saying that I, I think about my brother Lincoln. I still remember the remote that I broke when I threw it at his kneecap. And he cried like <laughs> I like it was uh... yesterday, some of the shit that we did together or rather that I did to him so um, actually on the on the whole brother sister thing I know that we've only got a taste so far of what they can do and what they look like when they're doing it but and that was last week again in this prologue and then come the end of the episode it's getting a little bit weirded out by how they react were you getting incestual vibes is that what you're trying to skirt around well, yeah maybe <laughs> and not even between the two actors the way they film it like they're you know, the the, the, the it, it just looks like the way someone might film a slow-mo sex scene. Like, yeah. the faces they're pulling, the noises they seem to be making, like... I think that's that was the issue, is they're trying to make it seem like they're, they're almost 
interweaving. To use a Star Trek term, it's like you know, it's like changelings and the Great Link. Mm. They're the, you know they're melding and combining into one being. Yeah. But yeah, I think I don't know whether it was the direction or just the choices the actors made. Yeah, it was a little bit romancy. Yeah. Just a just a just a hint of it. Yeah. Which um not great. But it's not the first time it's been done. Do you remember um Parenthood with like Lauren Graham? And oh, I never really from a few watched years it. Ago. But... Well, she started dating her brother in that show. They met. They right. they played brother and sister, and they actually ended up. The actors started dating in real life, and are still together now. Oh, really? Yes, yeah, so that's a bit odd. Uh, yeah, it makes things a little bit weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come the end of the episode, I my last note is such an X Men sweaty ep because it starts off. You know, post the uh, prologue, you've got. Trusk Industries, you've got Sentinel Services, yep. Fenris, Hellfire Club, all those like this little name drops here and there, and I'm like, hang on, I can't keep writing them down fast <laughs> enough. Oh my god, just so much out there. To, and again, whether or not you know as much about X Men as what you do, or you know as little about it as what I do, I still know what those things. You recognize the mean. names, yeah. And it was just like, oh, you're just peppering it through. This is so much fun so much good flavor about this this world and this mythology and maybe we'll never hear of the hellfire club again or maybe they're going to be part of season two like who knows what but that will be cool because they are another kind of another group that's sometimes good sometimes bad Mm. um it's not the brotherhood versus the x-men um if you remember the cartoons from the 90s they were actually the the, the, the pompous, weird, like, you know, um, turn-of-the-century guys yeah. that actually um, captured Jean Grey with the whole Dark Phoenix and all that kind of stuff. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Hellfire Club... That, that was actually um, Kevin Bacon yeah, in, in, first in First Class. That yeah. was them. I wouldn't be surprised if they show up again in that new Dark Phoenix saga that's coming up. Oh, okay. Uh, just because the... Um, the Hellfire Club, they all they want is the Phoenix Force. Right, okay. And there was there was something that I hinted at maybe last week or the week before about that blonde uh, telepath yep. that we met. Um, if that's who I'm thinking it may be, she has a bit of a connection to the Hellfire Club as well in, okay. the, in, the, in the comics and the cartoons. So it'll be interesting to see if they, if they go that route or if they pull a first class and do the whole, you know... Mystique and Azazel thing and never reveal Nightcrawler. It still bugs me. <laughs> still bugs me. And now they're going to be working together on the same team in <laughs> Dark Phoenix. Oh, don't get me started. I'm angry. You know what grinds my gears? <laughs> no, you like that gif of that old that bloke. <laughs> get off my lawn. Yeah, that's me. That's me. That's what we need a soundbite of Clint Eastwood from Gran Torino. Every time you go off on like a uh, on a, on an X Men movie rant, just get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. Uh, obviously, this all comes down to a one big mass mission come the uh, end of the episode. Didn't um, it go to hell? It went to hell a little bit. I like you know the, the little bits along the way there. We actually get to have you know the little side missions where you've got to have you know Dreamer and Polaris going off by themselves, and it's you know hashtag girl power when they go to the bar. But, I really liked that oh, scene. So did I. That like, kind of it gave me a little bit of a vibe of uh, Mystique from uh, X Men Two. Is it? Yes. When she has to break uh, Magneto out of the prison, mm. and she gets that guy drunk and injects the the metal into his ass with the giant syringe yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Well, the guy that that was in in this episode at one stage, I thought that one of the girls was going to take him, or he's going to take one of them into a bathroom, and they were going to almost pay homage to that scene in in X Men Two. But then it was like, no, yeah. we're knocking him out on the table. And yeah, I thought they were going to, and Dreamer was going to do her thing, like you know, in there or yep. something, like lean in for the kiss. And then do that, and they're like, no, we'll just do it at the table. Yeah, I'm like nice. Yeah, yeah, nice. And the spoon brass knuckles was a nice touch. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was a nice touch. Well, yeah, I feel like 
what you've shown so far, you probably could have punched him out anyway, but yeah. no, just go for that extra little bit of violence, yeah. <laughs> but I did like how like the whole mission just kind of went to shit because it's really setting up. It's like our heroes aren't heroes. Mm. They're not always going to win. Mm. Sometimes they're going to lose. And I think that, that really raises the stakes in yep. what can happen to know that we've got four characters now that have been captured. Who knows? Yeah. Like, what's going to happen? So I, I really like that. It's not always just like, okay, we're all safe back at our little hideout at the end of the episode mm. to live uh, live and fight another day. It's yep. like, no, something, something's going to go down here. And and key characters too. Like, Yeah, know. it's not like it was like, oh, we'll pull out those three background actors that, you know, you've seen once or twice or the, or the chick um, Sage who mm. um, who's the computer expert yeah. so it's not like it's her or anything like that so when you yeah. barely sort of know or we'll see it's like no we've got you know um, Andy and Laura plus Blink uh, and Dreamer so it's like mm. that's that's a serious group I did think it was a little weird though that when um, uh, Laura and Andy were sort of uh, like underneath like in the garage wherever they were and they decided to use their powers mm. I found it interesting that Andy was the one that pulled away. Yeah, because I kind of feel like he's been really Dark Side Man. Like, yeah, he's, he's Episode Two Anakin, like this whole season. Well, I was gonna say he reminds me of uh, Pyro from X Men Two, who was like mm. with the X Men, but then kind of gets seduced by Magneto yep. and ends up becoming part of the team. It's like I feel like if anyone's gonna go Dark Side, yeah, it's gonna be Andy, mm. uh, just from the basis of his powers and stuff like that. So I found it interesting that yeah, Laura was willing to do it, but Andy was the um, the one that pulled away. Yeah, it's. I, I don't, almost, say, I don't want to say pulled out after what we just said. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to say pulled out. It's, yeah, I don't know. It's almost like the closer he gets to using his powers, the more tempted he is. But in that moment, like his first, yeah, first consideration was, hang on, there are people here that we don't want to hurt. Whereas if that, yeah, my it's, thought it's, too it's is strange that, that 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 consideration over overpowered the thought of using his powers. Yeah, yeah. and I guess the other thought is. How how do they get it? Like if they brought that entire building down, yeah. would they not bring it down on top of them? Yeah. So and they just basically go like cataclysmic together. But she can create like shields essentially, right? Like with her oh, power. Yeah, that's so true. could she? You know, it, it, it's it. Can they both do their independent powers once they're together? Can they do both? Can they do their shared power and their individual powers? Yeah. At the same so time, she, they bought the whole building down. And she'd be able she to create sh- like a little bubble for them to. Yeah, we well, of... hope so. Or even and he, then I guess like... he could blow it apart like yep. once once everything's been taken out. Yeah, yeah that's, I didn't think of that. That's not a bad thought. But no, I, that was my that was my thought too when I when I watched the episode was okay. Yeah, this is going to save you from them, but it probably will kill you because, the, like you've said, th- you are under several floors worth of like building so yeah, you, just... you you're gonna die um <laughs> but yeah like you know we've seen so far with uh, the, the poor mother let's just think about poor old amy acker for a second first episode loses a husband for three episodes uh after that uh now you know she's finally let her kids go on a fully fledged proper mission and well no her kids and she's been able to watch them um be uh, be captured by this group that absolutely wants to take them in, experiment mm. on them and never let them see the light of day ever again. Um, you know, she's 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 gone through some serious stress, I feel for yeah, her. I mean she had the Sentinel Service people knock down her front door yep. and, you know, she's yeah. You know, I wonder go, if now go. she's going to be thinking maybe I should have just let Sentinel Services take my kids. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it would have been safer in the long run. Oh my god, less mouths to feed. You know, more <laughs> uh, you know more more freeze dried food for the rest of us back at the base. Mm. You know, although that that's probably their in with that group once they lose their mutant kids. You know, why are you guys here? You can run off now. Like, yeah, that's true. They're not there for the cause. Like, they are, but only 
by association with their yeah, children. Yeah, by extension of their kids. Yeah, because yeah, their kids are, you know, yeah, that's... I don't think if their kids got, like, taken away or killed, they're going, well, we're staying here and fighting the good fight forever with you guys. It's Woo! like, no, we're going to go live in Cancun. Mutant allies! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to go, Nagata! Just because your hand went up and got excited, but you'll only get that if you're one of the sad people that watch Stargate Origins. Yeah. We, and we apologise for that. Yeah. Um, don't get don't get me started. Thank you. <laughs> I did find um, Agent Shitface. What's his name? I still haven't remembered his name. Turner. Turner. Yep. There you go. Agent Turda. Turda. <laughs> You've got to do it. Yeah. yeah. Segway. We'll segue. Turda. Yeah. That'll. I'll learn. I'll learn that way. <laughs> I found like maybe he's a mutant. His mutant power seems to be surmising a hell of a lot of shit and being right in yeah. this episode. Like he was just like fully channeling what was going on, and he's just like, I've got a hunch, and I'm going to follow it, and he was dead on yeah and i was like jesus mate i don't know if that was just a bit of convenience or i don't know but I, i'm not suggesting that you're actually legitimately suggesting he's mutant maybe you are but either way what if like what if he was and he was like a denier of his like he hated who he was from day dot that'd be cool. kind of kind of like um the the, the strucker grandfather that he was what he was, and then he was like, I, "No, I can't be this. I've seen what my father's like. I can't. I can't be part of this," and and try to sort of you know push it away or at least subdue it or whatever. What if yeah, this bloke from day dot knew what he was, but knew that it was bad because he'd been mm. raised to, to 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 believe this was bad, and then he almost hates mutant kind, obviously because of seven fifteen, but also because they don't suppress their own powers. You know, they don't try to hide who yeah. they really are. Well, there's actually there's um, it's funny you say that because my actual thought was oh he's like Domino, and he's like, but he just doesn't know. He's just got all this yeah. good luck and he doesn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's funny you say that he knows that and he's self hating because there is an amazing uh, episode of the old nineties uh, X Men cartoon. And there's this guy, um, I forget his last name, his first name, but his last name's Creed. And he's the head of the Friends of Humanity. Mm. And it's basically an anti-mutant hate group. And they wear like these red bandanas and all that. And they'll, they do some terrible shit. Mm. Well, the leader of it actually finds out that his parents, or his, I don't know whether he finds out during it or he's hidden it this, his whole life. But his parents are Mystique and Sabretooth. Wow. But he actually is just a normal old human. He got none of it. And he, the reason he hates mutants so much is because his parents who left him because, like, they right. just discarded him because he was human. Because Sabretooth and Mystique aren't the nicest of people, <laughs> despite what Jennifer Lawrence tries to tell you. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, because he was just, they thought, oh, we're going to have this really powerful mutant child, yeah. you know, son of Sabretooth and Mystique. He was just a boring old human, so they kind of just abandoned him. And that was kind of the impetus of why he hates mutants so much. He's kind of this self-hating mutant yeah. you know, sort of thing. That'd be cool if Agent Turner ended up kind of being something like that. That yeah. would be fun. That would be really fun. I never knew that. So Mystique... Mystique's got around. That's what I mean. Like, her and... That's the thing in the comics, right? Her and Zazel? Yeah. yeah. Her and yeah. Zazel um, are the parents of Nightcrawler. Yep. And yeah, and then she and... Uh, I don't know if this one was just from the, the, the TV show, whether it was true for the comics as well. Yeah. But yeah, Mystique and Sabretooth um, had, a, had a child. Yeah. Because, yeah, you know, Mystique's... Well, she well, Mystique and Sabretooth are both quite old as well because, you know, uh, Sabretooth has very similar powers to Logan. Yep. She was also the adoptive mother of Rogue. So Rogue originally was a bad chick. Mm. Rogue, very much like... Um, uh, I forgot to go now with the girl from the, the live-action movies. I, I was going to say Anne Hathaway, and I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> Anna Paquin. Anna, Anna Paquin. Mm. Thank you. A, I was close. <laughs> both got A names. Um, originally, Rogue is normally... Just got have those, but just has the absorbing powers, and that's it. Mm. Um, so when she had those powers, um, Mystique pretending to be someone else 
um, recruited her into like the um, the Brotherhood mm. uh, as an adoptive mother. And then actually the whole reason the rogue in the cartoons has the flight and the super strength is because Mystique sent her after Ms. Marvel, mm. Carol Danvers, who's going about to be in the Captain Marvel film. That's right. She held onto her for too long and actually permanently absorbed her flight and strength, didn't get all the other powers that Captain Marvel has, and put Carol Danvers in a coma. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, are you even just a little bit, are you even just the least bit excited or or hopeful that, you know, we're just about to welcome Captain Marvel into the MCU? The Fox Disney deal is, you know, going to be closing at some stage over the next sort of six to 18 months. And then we'll eventually welcome the X-Men in. Could they, when they reboot the X-Men, could they actually have little things like that? That could be fun. But I'm, I mean, I'm in sort of two minds of it because the other thing is that Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch yeah. are Magneto's kids. Yeah. And they've kind of established that's not the case. I mean, I did read a fan theory that they're saying, well, the the experiments they did on the twins to access those spells, are, they were, it was basically they could retcon it to say, well, they were always mutants. Yeah, it just awakened it. It was the stone that actually awakened their powers. In yeah, them. yeah, yeah. So I'm like, well, I might buy that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, okay. Side side note on that, but we are talking about X Men, and and I've I've been interested about the the other theories about how they would actually bring the X Men into the MCU in a similar way that I've thought about, like Blade now belongs back with Disney. You know, at the same time mm. that uh, Daredevil um, came back uh, and Ghost Rider came back to um to well not Disney but to to Marvel, so did Blade and. There was like, well, what are they going to do? Are they going to make? Obviously, they've already made Blade movies. So they're going to make a another Blade movie. And for mine, I only know really about Blade through the films and a little mm. bit more from like Spider-Man cartoons and things like that from the nineties. But the idea that vampires aren't like a new thing—they've been around for a long time, at least as long as va- as Blade's been alive. Um, he's half vampire. So how do you retcon the MCU to have had uh, vampires exist in secret? Well, it's like, well, they do exist in secret, but only through this guy who is your gateway into that darker world. You're like, yeah, they've been around. Maybe not to the great numbers that they are in the original Blade movies, but that's the point. He's trying to stop this growth, you know? Mm. And maybe the mutant thing is... is there's, there's been a similar thing going on, is that Xavier does exist out there. Magneto exists out there. They just haven't had their great battles yet. They've, they've had conflicting ideologies, and they're worried about this great war coming. And, and there are mutants out there that now are just sort of subtly hidden amongst whether you've got the inhuman types or the likes of Spider-Man, these other people that are rising up with superpowers, but they aren't yet a, a, a public awareness thing as they are in the original X-Men movie. So I think they can do it, but it's a big thing to retcon and go, oh, by the way, like... You know, 2% of the world population, 10% of the world population are these type of people. I think that the hardest pill for me to swallow with that would be from uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. a few years ago when there was the inhuman outbreak. Yeah. And it was all over the news and people everywhere were being inhuman. It's like, well, how would a mutant know if they were a mutant or an inhuman? Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be the hardest thing for me to... um, To believe if they do end up yeah, bringing the X Men uh, and mutants into into the MCU, and I was listening to one uh, one guy that I'm a fan of a, a couple of days ago, him saying that you know, X Men on their own in their own movie universe makes sense. You're humans, you got mutants. Mm. In the MCU, though, if if we're to bring over the hatred of mutants because they are, you know, this allegory for insert minority here, yeah. If you bring them into the MCU and people hate the mutants because they're mutants, why don't 
they hate Spider-Man because as far as they know, he's a mutant. Why don't they hate Captain America? Hulk. Hulk, yeah. You know? Oh, no, they're fine because they're experiments, you know? Spider-Man's a, an accident after a science experiment, you know, that's yeah. Marvel. They're all science Same as if they're, yeah, same if they're bringing the Fantastic Four. That was yep. just an, an experiment, experiment gone wrong. You're fine. Oh, no, but you've been born this way. <clears throat> we hate yeah, you. Yeah, I feel like that's the wrong way around. Yeah. It's like, really? <laughs> so, anyway, that'll be interesting to see, to see what they do. And I'm mm. wondering, too, like, yeah, the likes of... Of Quicksilver and X Men, who are shared at this point, you know, like their parents died. As far as we know, in acts of war and Stark Industries weaponry, the Maximoff twins' parents were killed, and they saw Stark weaponry, and they hated Stark ever since. And you know, then go off and work with Ultron, and blah 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 blah. So their family's been killed. But do you, do they just immediately try and retcon it and go, well, now that we've got everyone under the one house, do we make them the children of? Magneto and all well, of a sudden you like, bring oh, him back in and it's like dad you're alive no what? it could just be they were, they were their adoptive parents and they never knew that Magneto was their real father oh back okay happen. yep okay there's an amazing um, you should uh, be screenwriter Matty I've it's a, said it. it's a <laughs> it's a cartoon series on YouTube it's called How It Should Have Ended and yep. this guy is amazing really talented guy does these little sort of three four minute shorts on movies and how they should have ended and the best one is for the end of um uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, there's all these, you know, millions of Ultron robots. Yeah. And there's that shot where Thor goes, is that the best you can do? And then Ultron goes to say something and he just starts sort of twitching and just gets crushed into a, into a tiny ball. Yeah. And every single Ultron just gets crushed into this one tiny ball. And it's just Magneto just holding one hand out. <laughs> and he goes, you're welcome. And then flies off. Yeah. And then comes down and goes, those two are my children. And flies <laughs> off again. <laughs> I love it so much. So good. Geeks in the audience. Yeah. Oh my God. This is amazing. So good. So anyway, we're talking gifted. Um... There are, just on that though, there are some great, if you want to jump onto Instagram, there are some great fan art and, and photoshops where they've taken Elizabeth Olsen's Scarlet Witch yeah. and put her next to uh, Gifted's Polaris. Oh, cause, cool. Because they're half sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of that artwork is Absolutely amazing. Awesome. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Definitely worth checking out. Yeah, tag us and something. That would awesome. be that would be I think my ultimate nerdgasm would be like if they could just get like the characters from Gifted and yep. just throw them into the MCU and just have like Elizabeth Olsen and I forget <laughs> the actress's name who plays Polaris, but have those two together in a scene would just Yeah. Oh my god. Just a little I'd bit of fan service. Mind. <laughs> All right, well, we came here to talk about X-Men, and that was probably more X-Men than I'd ever anticipated. So, (laughs) (laughs) several different universes. Uh, We'll be back for our uh, next uh, Marvel TV podcast to talk some more S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, episode 15 of season 5, and episode 10 of Gifted season 1, which means we will be into the final four episodes of this season. So, what I'm looking forward to, Maddie, is the idea that this season for me, was like the first four or five episodes were just like one continuous story before it even like had time to breathe. I'm just wondering now whether the last four, I mean, potentially the last five, because this one ends on a bit of a cliffhanger. The kids have been kidnapped. Do the last four and or five merge together and are they one like sole little arc like they started the season well I think that's something we'll have to we'll have to discuss to who want to do it because I did look online and in some places when it was shown in the States yeah uh, episode 12 and 13 were shown as one episode. Cool. Yeah. So we'll have to decide, I guess, whether we want to split those up or we'll do them together. Ooh, 
we um, probably be happy to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking ahead too far. Anyway, you can check out all of our old uh, Marvel TV podcasts, uh, whether they be uh, separate like we were at the earlier stages of the seasons or now together. Shield and Gifted on our Get Into Geek podcast. Uh, the uh, DC shows, they are now done for the season. We've all wrapped oh, it up. I thought you were going to say forever. And I was going to be like, <laughs> yay! Nugget uh, No, not quite, mate. Uh, they will be back uh, for real, live TV in uh, just a couple of weeks' oh, did time. Did cancelled in the off season? Mate, they're greenlighting more, mate. Oh, jeez. They just can't get enough. Oh, I, I can get enough, trust me. <laughs> and it was about two years ago is yeah. when I got enough. Well, you, you haven't watched anything for a whole year. You could probably pick up now and it'll be like, oh, okay. Cool, so I missed oh, an episode's worth of storylines. Let's cool. just say I did, and then but that's, not, but that's I won't. I mean, you wouldn't know the difference. It'll be all fine. <laughs> DC TV, you can check that out on the uh, Get Into Geek podcasting channels as well. We mentioned Stargate a couple of times in this podcast. Maddie and I, of course, with Brendan Reese, sometimes a few others do Get Into Gate. Talking about Stargate SG One. No, it's not a new show; it's an old show, and that's why we love it. Go back, listen to that. Fall in love Guaranteed with that show. Guaranteed quality, unlike DC. <laughs> oh, whoa! I mean, come on. Boom, just from the cheap seats. We Ow. have moved on and you just whip us back yep. into it. Okay, Kudos to you guys for sticking with it. That's hey. all I've got to say. Thank you. <laughs> you didn't mean that. I'm out of here. <laughs> Get into Geek.